All right. Do you need me to move that? Off to a good start. <laughs> no, I'll be all right. Okay. Uh, what episode is this? Fuck. Episode 13. I don't know. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and welcome back to the illustrious What Happened Podcast. You're Sorry. Sorry. I'm going to pause right there. Sorry. Sorry, folks at home. Owen's camera is slightly not level, and it's going to drive me crazy. There we go. Better? Better. You know, I should really bust out the level for this one. Please sit down. Okay. <laughs> All right. So for the first time in, I don't know, well over a year, we went with a themed episode this time. Yeah. I'm I'm calling. Wait. First off, shut up. Stop talking. Shut up. First off, welcome back to the What Happened Podcast. This is a, a podcast about silly, wacky history, except for today's episode. At least my stories are very dark. <laughs> um, I guess kind of mine is too, but. It doesn't have to be silly stories. We talked about like medieval like lords falling into a, a basement of poop. Yeah, but that, that's, uh, that's maybe goofy. It's, silly. it's goofy if you weren't there. Um, if you were there, it sounds like it's scarring. Yeah, so I'm your host, uh, Ryan. That's your other host, Owen. Hello. And today is episode 13. Do you just look Filmed that up? on Friday the 13th. What? Dude, today's a... No, it is a Friday, but it's like the seventh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, kick it off, Owen. All right. So, like I said, we went with the theme this week, and our theme—at least mine—I hope Ryan kept it. Oh, was... I'm gonna call the theme "shitty business practices." Yeah, I mean, technically, mine yeah. was. I was gonna. So, it, does yours not have anything to do with radiation, or? I have two stories because mine was kind of short. Yeah, I mean, mine's pretty short. Yeah, you really too. gotta pad this one out. Pat it out. Mine's a page and a half, so let's just laugh a lot. If you're at ever worried that your story is too short, and this is a, a pro tip for fellow podcasters, if you're ever telling a story and you're worried that it's too short, add a ton of boring shit about William McKinley, and it'll just boost yeah, listens dude, right through like, the roof. That was like forty minutes, but I was gonna say, much like advice to your teenage daughter, just pat it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's okay. <laughs> So, I'm going to talk about Eben Byers, or Ebenezer Byers, but he decided to go by Eben, but in my opinion, Ebenezer's a lot cooler. You're going to talk about him? Maybe he didn't want to be the Scrooge. Even in these times? Ebenezer Byers. You're crazy, man. Do you even know who I'm talking about? I just wanted to make an Eben pun, but you didn't really pick oh, up I, on it. I did not hear that at all. <laughs> oh, Eben in these times. Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> Continue. Right. So... Before we get into this, I have a fun fact of the day right off the bat, and I'm still in your thunder. I also have a fun fact. It's right. less fun and more depressing about my life, but continue. So, a, an article that came out the first of this year, so I think it was either in reference to the 29th or the 30th of uh, December. Okay. Uh, a rare weather phenomenon causes a terrain fish in Texas. Wait, really? Yeah, it just happened again. Whoa. <laughs> That's uh, crazy, man. So earlier this week, residents of Texarkana, 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 is that like on the Texas Arkansas line? I think so. That's not a creative. It's man. also, I think, a line of gas stations. Why do you know? No, that's no, no, Texaco. Texaco. Yeah. Why do you Bobby. know Texarkana? Texarkana. Because because there's uh, beer in Texarkana, and we're doing in Louisiana. It's from Smoking the Bandit. Is that Bob Dylan? Loaded <laughs> <laughs> up in trucking. Great Either song. way, so just the really just the fun fact was uh, fish rained from the sky in this this small town. Obviously, it was uh, they said it was because of a water spout, like a little water tornado sucked the fish up, then it rained down fish. What kind of fish? 
Just said fish. Did some random wild man taste them? Yeah, right? And just be like, that's all fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could go back in that hole. That's not fish, that's pussy. <laughs> um, Either way, that's my little fun fact of the day. I just liked it because it linked to uh, the episode a couple weeks back. My fun fact for the week Uh-oh. is that if I sound um, sleepy or manic, it's because I got off of a 32-hour shift I worked 48 last today. week. Who cares? Yeah, but you... Also did very little work, yes, I as did. you've stated. Yes, I did. Either way, back to the story. All right, so Eben Byers. So in the early 20th century, medicine was still very much a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Doctors were prescribing cocaine and other harmful elements to their patients with the full intent of helping. Like that scene in Red Dead Redemption 1 where you meet that weird doctor uh, guy yeah. and he's just shooting himself up with morphine. Yeah, and he's like... Has no idea. He's a hoax. He has no idea what he's doing the whole time, right? Isn't that the thing? I forget. And then it's don't been you have a to like, isn't there like a, you have to like race his cart or something? You started this, so it's I'm just going to talk while. about it. I just remember that one shot of him using that old timey syringe to just shoot himself up. So naturally, here comes the story of Eben Byers, the man who swore by and died by Radiothor. Radiothor? Yeah, I, or, or excuse me, Radathor. Radathor. That's it's cool, either Radathor or Radathor, but I, like I assume Radithor. it's like radium, so Radathor yeah. is my assumption, but I don't actually know how to say it properly, so I guarantee you I'm going to be saying it differently every time I say it. Right on. Is what it is. Uh, so Radathor, or in other words, radium, which is highly radioactive, believe it or not, <laughs> was basically just a combination of radium and water and then sold to the public, which seems like, you know, pretty good for the public. Uh, Ryan's not paying attention at all, but that's fine. Sorry, I gotta make my font bigger for my story. I forgot to do that. Um, so, ironically enough, the slogan for the uh, for Radithor was quote a cure for the living dead, unquote. Wait, really? Yeah, that's strange. I think it's really funny. Uh, oh, also on the the label itself, um, it is it it says quote certified radioactive water. Just on the bottle. Like, there's, uh, like, so many red flags to people nowadays to be like, don't buy this. But we're uh, trying to get out of bottled water anyways, you know? That's a good point. So just put Box some radium water. put some radium in it and people stop using it. Yeah, just put harmful plastic. chemicals in the plastics and then that won't cause any problems when they eventually throw it in a landfill. That's a good point, actually, because it's not like anything eats it, right? No, actually, microplastics are all over the oceans these days. Oh, yeah, preach. You know, bioaccumulation and whatnot. Hashtag for ocean. They'll, like, clean up the crew. Either way. (laughs) (laughs) Support today. (laughs) So, uh, Radithor was manufactured by Bailey Radium Laboratories in New Jersey. Uh, The company was founded by William J.A. Bailey. So, you know, someone with two middle names is a good guy. Uh, believe it or not, Bailey was a Harvard University dropout who falsely claimed that he was a doctor. Oh, really? <laughs> so that's a good start to any company. Um, so he became incredibly rich off the sale of Radithor, um, which I said was the solution of radium and water. Uh, and he, his claim was that it st- stimulated the endocrine system. So he just put some random shit in water and was like, this will make you feel better. That's so he's literally a snake oil salesman. Yes. Okay. And, what, what year was this? Sorry. Uh, it came into market in 1918. So way past when snake oil should have been already debunked. Yeah, but yeah. It, but the thing is, like, it was. I mean, medicine was still not advanced, and it was then, radium, but... and no one knew at the time any. Oh, we just of... discovered radiation. It must be great for you. Yeah. Well, okay. So I do have a quote saying that they they understood that in large doses it would kill you, but they thought in small doses it would be good for you. Oh, much like microdosing shrooms. 
Do yes. you know are clinical trials happening right now? They're going to give like shrooms actually? to first responders to see if it makes them feel better. Well, like me? So yeah. if I like pretend I'm really sad because I'm not at all. So you can just come <laughs> into your job next week just high as fuck and be like, clinical trial, bitch! <laughs> and then attempt to give medications <laughs> while completely gone. But you giving medications is like you fighting somebody, someone that no one else sees with like a towel in the <laughs> Yeah, I'm fighting a demon with a syringe <laughs> in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I must medicate you! <laughs> So either way, uh, he was able, or so many physicians bought into this drug because he offered them a one-six kickback on each dose prescribed. Uh, I don't know. Fucking big just, pharma, dude. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this product was launched in 1918, like I said, to the U- and the U.S. took it, Jesus Christ, to the U.S. and it took the market by storm. Uh, although the uses of Radithor were vague, it was used countrywide by doctors and laymen alike. So basically, it hit the market. Everyone was like, I li- really like this product. It's radium and water. It's just fucking radioactive Even water. though they had like literally zero like evidence to support that it helped anybody, I assume? Yeah, literally. So all he said was it supported the endocrine system with no, like, what do you call it? No research to back that up. Yeah. And then... Basically, everyone that took it, it was just like the placebo effect. Oh, everyone nice. was just taking it, being like, "Yeah, it makes me feel great," even oh. though it was probably just fucking killing you from the inside out. But I digress. Uh, so here comes Eben Bayers or Ebenezer McBurney Byers. McBurney. I keep saying his last name. <laughs> yeah, McBurney. <laughs> <laughs> so he was born April twelfth, eighteen eighty, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, of all places, to a wealthy industrialist, Alexander Byers. Apparently, his name's important, but he just owned a, uh, like, an iron company. Oh, and, okay. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh was big in the iron company. Oh, the Steelers. That's the whole point of the name. I'm more of a Green Bay Packers kind of guy. Packers. I don't know. What are you, a bandwagon? Don't they hate each other? Or is that the Oilers? The Oilers. Are they around anymore? No, that, that was Houston. <laughs> oh, okay. Another okay. the... Never mind. Do you know who the Houston Oilers are I watched now? a hockey game last night. Yeah, is that why you asked if the uh, Minnesota Wild were good? Yeah, I just wanted to know if I was sitting ringside for like a good reason, but it turns out I was not. I did see a couple. Oh, you were at the Garden. Yeah. Ah. I did see a couple good fights though. There you go, it's, dude. It's sorry. I know I'm derailing Tangent. you. Hey, but... we said we had to pad this. <laughs> <laughs> it is so funny to me that in professional sport hockey, if two dudes just throw off their mitts and start beating the shit out of each other, the refs just have to stand back and be like. I wonder how long this is going to take. Yep. And then they only stop it when one guy goes to the ground. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sounds so, fun, right? No wonder all of them have brain damage in like six teeth. Yeah, I was just about to say the teeth <laughs> thing's a big one too. Every time they smile, it's like, oh, God. <laughs> they, they pull off their mitts and then spit out their mouth card. Yep, yep. Yeah. Which, you sport. know, safety third. That's literally how I live my life. Great so. sport. Uh, so Byers was educated at St. Paul's School and Yale College. Ooh. Uh, where he earned a reputation as a sportsman, Ryan. He loves sportsmen. No, he was a golfer. Oh. <laughs> uh, he was the U.S. amateur golf champion of 1906. Uh, and he came in second place in 1902 and 1903. Hmm. So, big golf guy. Pretty good at it. Believe it or not, believe it or not golf would be his downfall. <laughs> really? And I just said, actually, no. Sorry. There were two different reports. One said he fell on the golf course and hurt his shoulder, <laughs> which, like, what a bitch. <laughs> Another one says that he, quote, fell from a railway sleeping berth, which I Googled, <laughs> and it's just a fancy bed in a train. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like to believe he fell out of a bed in a train more than he just tripped and fell on a golf course. Yeah, sir, that radiator is really loud. going off. We haven't even touched the heat. 
Yeah, I know. It's always super loud. Dude, I set the heat tangent. I set the heat last night to 62 degrees. I woke up at 3 in the morning with my room being 78 degrees. I was so pissed. (laughs) (laughs) It just fucking heats up so fast. Either way. uh, So, he got injured playing golf or on a train. I, I don't know what, but he injured his shoulder. And naturally, the doctors back in the day were like, yeah, I'll just give you some Radithor for the pain. Like, it should it should help the pain. Hmm. Even though it's not prescribed for pain, it's prescribed, prescribed for your for endocrine, endocrine system, system apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so, Byers got fucking hooked on it. Because it said that it, quote, gave him a, quote, toned-up feeling. Uh, so, the initial prescription is one spoonful a day. Keeps um, the doctor away. So, oh, by the way, he was prescribed this in 1927. Oh, okay. So... After taking a spoonful of it, you know, for a couple weeks, he got hooked on it, started just, like, taking multiple doses a day. And then by 1931 or – yeah, by 1931, he ended up taking about 1,400 doses in total because he would just drink the bottle at the – like, every day instead of just taking a little spoonful. Jesus Christ. So he would just drink the bottle of radiated water. I do love the idea that you can get – like, addicted to something that does absolutely nothing for you. Yeah, well, like, I don't know. It said you gave him a... To- I mean, maybe the radiation, like, you felt all tingly and shit. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> but, like, you know, like, I get getting addicted to heroin because it apparently feels really good when you do it. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, it's got to be fantastic if, like, people can't give it up. Yeah, uh, yeah, But okay. then you think about the people that, like, are addicted to, like, rubbing balloons together or, like, dressing up as a baby. You know what I mean? Like, That's a good like, point. this provides you literally nothing and you can't stop doing it. Dude, human psychology is a very weird Fucking area. Fucking wild, man. Yeah. I wish I, like, knew a guy that Dressed would... up as a baby? Yeah. <laughs> that, like, would go home after his 9 to 5 while wearing a diaper under a suit all day. He's like, it helps me with my childhood trauma with my mother or something like that. And he fucking go over to his house and he's like, crib. All right. If there's... mobile and he's just going, yeah, get... If there's anyone out there that is or knows anyone, please hit us we up. We want them on the podcast. I would really love to interview you, and I, I will apologize in advance. If this happens, I will laugh in your face. <laughs> you know those guys are just making fucking yep. stinky diapies all the time. <laughs> do, you think, do you think they ever get people to change? Yeah, of course they do. They probably fi- they All right, this is what they do. They probably marry someone. Hide it from them for a while, and then once they're four years into the relationship, they drop the bomb because she either has to be like, okay, I can either divorce him and ruin my life, or I have to go along with this. <laughs> Meanwhile, the old project car under the tarp in the garage is really their uh, crib. <laughs> so, back to Mr. Eben. <laughs> so, either way, so Eben took an estimated 1,400 doses from 1927 to 1939. And naturally drinking just radiated water. I'm really warm. <laughs> Sorry, you want me to turn that in the heat? No, it's fine. I gotta grab a beer anyways. If, I mean, if you want to just leave halfway through my story. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Is that your shoulder or your elbow? Oh. Bro, why is it just cranking in here? <laughs> I hope Ryan hears this in the review, but he can go fucking... Oh, Jesus Christ. He's coming back. His father doesn't love him. What's up? I left you a little message. <laughs> What'd you put it to? 62? Yeah. Your radi- it doesn't help that your radiator is literally the size. And? No, I, I, well, I, Jesus Christ. Continue. 
All right, so taking 1,400 doses in a span of like four years of radiated water apparently isn't very good for you. So <laughs> Eben found this out when his entire lower jaw fell off. Oh, did he have radium jaw? Is that a thing? We will Maybe get there. Maybe was that there. because of him? We'll get there. But his entire lower jaw fell off. So <laughs> so he lost weight. and So th- this is to start the fact, but he lost weight. And he had just frequent headaches, and his teeth began to fall out. Mm. So in 1931, he described decided to stop taking this. Really? Uh, so the Federal Trade Commission asked him to testify about his experience uh, because they were trying to um, sue, like the, the Trade Commission was trying to sue uh, the Bailey Corporation because they were selling people radiated water. As and, medicine. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but he was uh, reportedly too sick to make the travel to the lawyer. So a lawyer ended up coming to his house. And the lawyer described him as, quote, his whole upper jaw except for two front teeth and most of his lower jaw had been removed. And all that remaining was bone tissue of his body was... The remaining bone tissue of his body was disintegrating and holes were actually forming in his skull. Jesus Christ. And this guy's just alive. <laughs> <laughs> also, the lawyer reported that he was in, quote, no pain. Probably because, like, the radium just destroyed his nervous system. Yeah, and, I, that makes sense. Yeah, because... But his dr- endocrine system is Dude, through the roof. It's all that matters. All that heavy metal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that... Just... Poor Byers just had an absolutely tough go in life. So, uh, doctors attempted to create a fake jaw for him. But, oh, like, like I don't know if you've ever looked at, like, any, like, World War One prosthetics. Not great. They're not great. And this is 1932, so it's a little further along, but still, like... You know, I might wear it, like, even just so, like, just because yep. they tried. I'm, I'm sure everyone's laughing at home. I did my best, audience. <laughs> <laughs> so, either way, even though he's missing his whole lower jaw, he still looked gross. <laughs> yep. No offense to him, but he looked pretty gross. Uh, so, he died a very slow and painful death. Uh, he died March 31st, 1932, and it was attributed to radiation poisoning, believe huh. it or not. Wouldn't uh, have guessed. He was found to have multiple cancers uh, and acute radiation syndrome. Because mm-hmm. the, Checks out. Yeah. So, he's currently buried in Allegheny Cemetery in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and is buried in a lead-lined coffin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, it is reported that he died... Oh, I already said that. Sorry. One report states that his vital vitals, vital tissue and organs were also disintegrating inside his body while he was alive. That sounds just goopy. I mean, I feel like if your jaw falls off, your stomach can't be doing great either. Or, like, you know, all your intestines that the radium just, like... Also, yeah, everything. I doubt you have much of an appetite. Because then your kidneys would get fucked in your liver because your blood... It would be in your, your blood. Your literally entire body would get fucked. I'm surprised he lasted that long. I'm surprised he didn't turn into the Hulk. Or just like one of those, the ghouls from Fallout. <laughs> <laughs> you just come see, welcome to the store. Come see Eben one day and you're like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you got any caps? <laughs> All right. So the Federal Trade Commission issued an order against Bailey's business to cease and desist from various represent representations they're two four made by them as the therapeutic value of Radithor and from representing that the products Radithor is harmless. 1932 talk. They basically just... What's well, just contract talking in general. Yeah, they made them stop making Radithor because, because they claimed you... it was harmless. <laughs> <laughs> and turns out drinking radiated water is harmful. Now, are you allowed to sell it if you put on the package that like it danger. is harmful? Like, 
because they're allowed to sell cigarettes, but they just have to put like this product is associated with risk of heart disease and cancer. So I got a business idea for you, and it's not going to be a popular one. Okay, we go to some cave, we find a bunch of radioactive shit. Yep, and then just liquefy some nicotine, put it in there, so they have to have it. And then (laughs) we build a bomb. (laughs) (laughs) What's your target, Ryan? What's your target? I'll probably be a fucking. You picked the one country. Needless to say, that's getting cut out. Do you think if they get hit again, like oh a lot of them will survive because they have that in their DNA? I don't think it's in. I don't think you build up an immunity to radiation. I don't think just because they could do it again and be like, "Oh, this shit ain't so bad." Well, they also have an active nuclear leak on like oh their, Fukushima. Their, yeah, dude, those poor people, man. And they look. Let's be honest with ourselves. Ooh, this is the Patreon exclusive. They don't look bad. They just look... Are, aren't they the angrier sounding ones, too? Mm. Or is that Chinese? That's China. Isn't Chinese it? sounds like... Did you just like, describe a language as gobbledygook? Yeah, Chinese people go like... Yeah, that's a good point. Fukushima. Uh, so the Federal Trade Commission made him stop making Radithor, but he later, later founded the Radium Institute in New York City and marketed a radioactive belt clip a radioactive paperweight and a mechanism which purpose which purpose was to make water radioactive. Wait, I think what? this guy just had a fucking fetish for radio. Wait, so it was a belt clip and then you just dip it in water? Yeah, it, it, no, it was just a radioactive belt clip. It was just a cool belt clip because it also glowed in the dark. But why was? But its purpose was to make water radioactive? No, 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 no. These are all separate inventions. Oh. A radioactive belt clip, separate. Okay. A radioactive paperweight, separate. And a mechanism which purpose was to make water radioactive. Oh, okay. So this guy just hated a lot of people, it sounds like. But he loved radiation. Should have looked up how he died. Probably radiation poisoning, I would imagine. Yeah, I would would hope. Yeah, so Byer's body was exhumed in 1965 by the MIT physicist Robley Evans. That's a sick name, Robley. He estimated that Byer's total radium intake as about 1,000 microcuries... I had to look that up because they put the symbol in there, and what the fuck was that? Do you want to know why it's called a microcurie? Or 37 megabequerel. 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 M-E-G-A-B-E-C-Q-U-E-R-E-L. I actually have fun facts for both of those. You want to know why they call it a... Um, well, because Curie. M- yeah, because Marie Curie was the first woman to yeah. invent radiation or discover but then it. I looked or up... she invented the, the x-ray or something like that. Do you want to know why they call it a Marie Curie? Quirrell? Mega Bet Quirrell. Because Professor Quirrell in Harry Potter was very... No- was, <laughs> I don't know. But, like, I tried to look up what either of these measurements meant, and they all just... They all, they only bounced off each other. It's like, a thousand microcuries is 37 Mega Quirrells. And I was like, that's great. And then I looked up Mega Quirrells, and it was like, yeah, it's a thousand microcuries. And I was like, fuck it. Like- it's like, if you look at, like, wattage, it's just, like, voltage t- divided by current yeah. and then if you look up current it's like wattage times voltage or Dude, something I clicked like that. on this one website where it had the entire page with no other links or anywhere else to go was just Mary Curie micro curies and mega pequerals and then you could just <laughs> put the equation it would tell you how much it is that was the entire website and we hope you've enjoyed our today's episode of science talk <laughs> oh and you mean mega pequerals <laughs> mega pequerals but yeah, uh, so that was just a quick little story on uh, Ebenezer Byers and how his entire jaw fell off because one dickhead was obsessed with radiation. So, oh, and my story is about the United States Radium Corporation. Wait. 
dig it up. Get that. Isn't get that, that the guy, isn't that what the guy just? No, it was like Barry Corporation or something. No, he founded the Radium Institute. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is the that radi- yours? No, mine's the United States Radium Corporation. What the fuck did I just say? Dude? Oh well, mine's the Radium Institute. Yeah, I know. Wow. I remembered. <laughs> so the United States Radium Corporation was uh, a company that was around from 1917 to 1926. Owen, it was originally called uh, Radium Luminous Materials Corporation. Uh, and was engaged in the extraction and purification of radium from carnitite ore to produce luminous paints. That makes sense why their name is Luminate. Yeah. So these luminous paints were uh, would be sold under the brand name Undark. Undark. Because they're not dark. They're yeah. Undark. <laughs> what fuckface came up with that name? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the opposite of Vantablack. Can you? Is that trademarked Undark? Probably not anymore. It's probably been so long that it's in the common realm. Right? Like, didn't up. Mickey Mouse just become like common or whatever they call it? Couldn't tell you. Fair use, public use. Is he really? But that's still a used brand. Yeah, but like Mickey Mouse like, Clubhouse. It's, it's something about like copyright law. Like after a certain amount of, you can only own a copyright for so so long, and then after a certain amount of years, it becomes free use for the public. So I can just write a book on Mickey Mouse and just make his backstory like incredibly sexual and oh ba- my, and fucked yeah. up. Well, first off, that already exists. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Are you speaking with confidence or knowledge? <laughs> so, <laughs> the ore was mined from the Paradox Valley in Colorado and the other Undark mines in Utah. Wait, real quick. Two two things for you. First off, Paradox Valley. That sounds sick. Yeah, I want to Secondly, do you think they lit the mines up with the Undark? That'd be pretty cool. Why put lights in if we can just put Undark in? Probably not, and we will get there. <laughs> um, so, the U.S. Radium Corp. was a defense contractor... Uh, and was largely responsible for supplying the radium used in radioluminescent watches for the military. All right. So, like, you know when you get a watch and, like, yeah, the, the, the dials glow, yeah. or the, like, numbers, and then the watch, the minute and second hand glow? Mm-hmm. That's the stuff that they used to make those watches. Is that the stuff in glow sticks? <laughs> no, I think that's something else. Because that's probably an endothermic reaction. I don't know the difference between endothermic and exothermic, but I, I don't know. Anyways, don't put it in a microwave. Um... I saw that video. It's like, Kevin, your nice shirt. <laughs> and he's just like, God damn it, Kevin, what did I tell you? And the kid's screaming. All over your nice shirt. I just bought you this shirt. And he's just like, Dad, my it's eyes. In my eyes. <laughs> Look up, kid puts a glow stick in microwave. Dude, it's such a good video. The fact that the father cares very little about his son. <laughs> he only cares about his shirt. <laughs> bought that at JCPenney at Sale. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, their plant in Orange, New Jersey, uh, employed as many as 300 workers, mainly women, to paint radium-lit watch faces and instruments. What year was this? This was between 1917 and 1926. All right. Um, however, Owen, Uh-oh. the U.S. Radium Corp. would hide an undark secret. I know you remember didn't how do I that. told you I, I put a clever pun in there. You didn't do that. That was it. That was the Wikipedia. No, it was page. not. That was, no, that was uh, half. <laughs> this is Wikipedia. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> I will die on this hill. Um, the U.S. Radium Corporation hired approximately seventy women to perform. How many? Seventy. Okay. To I heard seventy. Seventy <laughs> to perform various tasks, including handling radium, while the owners and scientists familiar with the effects of radium carefully avoided any exposure to. Uh, it themselves so this that's why i said they probably didn't 
like light up the minds with it because like they know what the shit does. Yep. Um, and spoiler, because we already know what it does from your story, it's not good. Yeah, it's not great for you. It doesn't make you feel, uh, what do you say, like enlightened or something? Yeah, for a good amount of while, yeah. bits until your jaw falls off. Anyways, we'll get there. Um, in spite of this knowledge, Owen, a number of similar deaths had occurred by 1925, including the company's chief chemist, Dr. Edwin E. Lehman, and several female coworkers. This naturally sparked suspicion and led to investigations into the U.S. Radium Corporation. Okay. An estimated 4,000 workers were hired by the corporation in the United States and Canada to paint watch faces with radium. Each of these painters mixed her own. They were largely women, too. You um, did say that. So it's uh, the story's called The Story About the Radium Girls. Um, uh, why was the U.S. in this era so fucking obsessed with radium? Because it's new. I don't know. It's like the time of the atom. I don't know. Do you think there was like a big buildup for all this shit and then they saw what happened in 1945 and they're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, so. Oh, oh sorry. Out. Sorry. Each of the painters mixed her own paint in a small cubicle and then used a camel hair brush to apply the glowing paint onto dials. Okay. I don't know why they chose camel hair over American when, horse hair. Wouldn't they like lick the fucking brush too? We will get there. Okay. Um, each employee would receive one and a half cents ev- for every dial painted and can paint up to 250 dials a day. Really? That's equivalent to like 75 bucks a day in today's money. Pretty good, actually. No, it's not. That's pretty good. What is that, a week? Well, I guess the cost of living back then is probably lower, so. Bro, you and I literally last year made like $300 a week. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> So, these brushes would lose shape after a few strokes. So, the U.S. Radium Corp- uh, supervisors Ugh. encouraged their workers to Ugh. point the brushes with their lips uh, or use their tongues to keep them sharp. So, basically, like, go, like, yeah. put them in your mouth and go, and then, oh, and then it'll God. straighten out the brush, you know. Um, and then you can paint more watch faces. Also, your fucking lips would glow in the dark at night. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because Honey, you want to see the trick I learned at work? <laughs> because none of the workers knew what radium could do to a person, they would often paint their nails, oh. faces, teeth, and bodies for fun during their downtime. Uh, I feel like that's stealing from company property. That's what I thought, too. <laughs> um, that's what You know what? That's fucking karma. <laughs> so we're not exactly how many employees died, but it's estimated that it's quite a lot. I like would, I would Close assume. to the 4,000 that this company hired. Okay. All right. Um, but what's so bad about some silly glow-in-the-dark paint, you ask? Well, we already know because we just heard your story, but it turns out <laughs> that Radium Owen is radioactive. Wow. So... A lot of the women working in the U.S. Radium Corp. Uh, started having dental issues. And when they uh, would go to see dentists, the dentists would notice that w- the women often had dental pain, loose teeth, lesions and ulcers, and a failure of tooth extractions to heal. Oh, yeah, that makes yeah. sense, yeah. So, later on, uh, many of the women's... Wait, if I can type this wrong. Uh, many of the women... Later began to suffer from anemia, bone fractures, and necrosis of the jaw, Ugh. a condition known as radium jaw. Ugh. So, yeah, basically that's exactly what my guy had then, yeah. radium jaw. So, radium jaw is characterized as an occupational disease, which I guess you pretty much only get it from working around radium or unless you're that one weird guy who just started drinking it. Oh, dude, also look him up because, Jesus Christ, just viewer like viewer discretion is advised. Yeah, I think I but, saw a picture. Oh, my God, dude. Um, So... Radium jaw is characterized as an occupational disease, which includes symptoms such as necrosis of the lower jawbone, the upper jawbone, 
constant bleeding of the gums, and after some time, a severe distortion due to bone tumors and porosity of the lower jaw. So basically, your fucking jaw becomes a sponge and just doesn't stop bleeding. Oh, God. Uh, the women also suffered from suspension of menstruation and sterility. Do you think they, uh, think the husband stayed? <laughs> it was 1940-ish, right? They could just probably up and leave pretty easily. Now, this might be kind of dark, boys and girls, but do you think um, that would make the, uh, the, the gawk gawk a little better? Uh, they didn't do that back in the day. They didn't give blowjobs no. back in the day? No, it was seen as, um... I would fucking kill myself! Yeah, it was seen as, uh... Like, what's that shit called? Whorish? Yeah, well, it was just, like, too extreme at the time. Because, like, the term blowjob used to be, like, a fucking car or, like, an airplane or something. So, imagine getting a guy from 1920 and showing him a video from f***.com. We live in a great world. My mom doesn't listen to this one. Doesn't she listen? I'm going to cut this out. Um... So, meanwhile, in the U.S., uh, meanwhile, the U.S. Much like my dick, we got to do a lot of cutting on this one. (laughs) (laughs) So, you're circumcised? (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, the U.S. Radium uh, Corporation and other watch-dial companies rejected claims that the afflicted co-workers were suffering from exposure to radium. Well, obviously, it was just a natural phenomenon. Yeah, just women be women, dude. (laughs) Um, In... (laughs) Uh, <laughs> in 1923, the first dial painter died, and before her death, her jaw fell completely off of her skull. Yeah, that's pretty fun. So just like your guy, your just lower jaw falls off. Also, my guy was taking it after that. You'd think he would have known. Yeah. That's just Well, they called crazy. it radiothor, not radium, I guess. That's I a good know. point, but it did say radioactive water on the label. That's true. It literally said it on the label. <laughs> Um, that two ingredients, <laughs> radium and water. <laughs> Buyer beware, I guess. Um, by 1924, 50 women who had worked at the plant were ill and dozens had died. And it started in 1917, so seven years later? Yeah. All right. Um, U.S. Radium Corp. strongly refuted uh, that this was due to radium exposure and claimed that these women died due to other causes, such as syphilis. So why you just called all your workers whores? <laughs> yeah, like literally, you're just like, yeah, just a bunch of dirty whores. Working here. <laughs> oh um, God! So the inventor of radium dial paint, mm. Doctor Sabin A. von Schock. Of course, he's a German. So Kochi died oh. in November 1928, becoming the 16th known victim of poisoning by radium dial paint. So by, like, specifically this company? Uh, he was just or the just... inventor of it. I think he probably sold it to various different companies because mm. I think there were multiple companies doing st- work like this at the time. Um, he had gotten... Oh, yeah, wait. Oh, yeah, they, they eventually send, like, an investigator. I forget his name because I forgot to put it in here. Um, but that investigator sent to, like, look at the claims of radium exposure um, had gotten sick from radium in his hands, not his jaw. But the circumstances of his de- death helped the radium girls in court. Which Why, because the one guy investigating them also died? It's funny how in 1926, a bunch of women, like are known to be poisoned by this just evil company and then th- no one gives a shit and then the second one man dies they're like we should probably look into this <laughs> oh god damn <laughs> um, 
So it's not the Moors. <laughs> <laughs> so the U.S. Radium Corporation was forced to close in 1927 due to legal action taken by the women who worked there. That just seems unfortunate. Yeah, they were doing God's work. <laughs> um, I mean, what would you rather have, a glow-in-the-dark watch or your wife? <laughs> <laughs> as long as my wife didn't work at the watch factory. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, and eventually the case was settled out of court. So basically they shut this thing down and then an unknown amount of money was paid to yeah. um, all these women. Yeah, I have a question for you. Yep. So they put it on the dials and stuff on the watch. If mm-hmm. you were wearing it on your wrist, were you protected from like the metal and the glass? I, th- I or? think probably... You were it was just such a low like, dose. It's only like certain forms of radiation. I think it's only like gamma that can pass through, like even clothes. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think most radiation is blocked by hard surfaces. Okay. I don't know. I read. I looked at one. Di- I have a vivid image of a diagram from some high school textbook <laughs> in my brain of like this one goes through air. This one only goes through clothes and this gotcha. one can't go through. So like you should be so alright if you're So I think the fact that it was it. glass and metal encasing yeah. it made it fine. Okay. Just don't take that shit to a watchmaker because you might kill him. <laughs> They're always old people too. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I go to a watch guy and he's like 90 something. Like, <laughs> and he's always been 90 something. You know, my watch guy um just beat uh, liver cancer. Oh good for him. Shout out. Actually kidney cancer. How old is he? I don't know. Doesn't look good though. He's up Ooh. there though right? Yeah. I think he shits in a bag now. Anyways, fun guys. fact. Can you imagine hitting your hip on the corner by accident and you pop your bag? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Stinky. <laughs> Anyways. Stinky baby diapy. <laughs> uh, so Full circle. Fun fact. The company, uh, U.S. Radium Corporation, processed about 1,000 pounds of ore daily Jesus. Uh, in the operation, which was when they shut down, just dumped on the site. Um, the and this was in? 1927. I meant where, but... Um, no, I forget. No, no, didn't write it down. Who cares? The uh, maybe the residents. <laughs> so not anymore, Owen, because the radon and radiation resulting from one thousand six hundred tons of material on the abandoned factory. One thousand six hundred tons. One thousand six hundred tons <laughs> of just radioactive, radioactive material Jesus dumped Christ. in the abandoned factory in the sites uh, uh, at the site. Designated was if the, so. <laughs> they when they shut down, they dumped yep. one thousand six hundred tons of radium at they just the factory. Left it. They just left it there. They're like, we the can't door. sell this. I don't know. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, fair. And then eventually, it was designated as a Superfund site by the United States uh, Environmental Protection Protection Super Agency fun? in nineteen eighty three. Superfund. Superfund. Oh, I was like Superfund. Want to like send your kids there? Do you know, do you know what a Superfund is? I don't. It's no. like if there's like a massive like natural disaster, like um, oh yikes, like okay. if they're like dumping like shit. So in it a took river them or whatever. sixty years to be like that's not great. Well, it like, took them sixty years for a bill to get passed where they were like, hey, we should probably fucking clean this place up. <laughs> Um, and then it allows the gov- the EPA to designate places as super funds, which basically, like, uh, my small knowledge of it, basically lets them, like, just put a ton of money into cleaning that place up. What year did they decide to clean it up? This was in 1983. Fuck, when was Chernobyl? <laughs> that would have been so fucking funny if they were like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, so from 1997 through 2005, the EPA... Uh, Cleaned up the site in a process that involved excavation what? and off-site disposal of radium-contaminated con- materials at the former plant site. Oh, that's awkward. I told you to put your phone on. Do not disturb. 
just tilt it so it's level. Tilt it so it's level. No, just the. Oh, yeah, that works too. Just a little. Your left side down, just a tad. No, your left. Make an L. Make, yep. There. Perfect. Beautiful. Oh my god. Oh my fucking. Do I have to get the level? <laughs> um, so. From 1997 through 2005, the EPA... Uh, Apparently, con- when you call twice, by the way, it sends it through. That's what she did. Oh, that's funny. All to ask where we're eating on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> it can wait. <laughs> From 1997 through 2005, the EPA cleaned up the site in a process that involved the exca- excavation um, and off-site disposal of radium-contaminated materials at the former plant site. And 200... Oh, and... 250 residential and commercial properties that were contaminated uh, by all this fucking shit that they just left there. Jesus Imagine Christ. living in, buying a house like 60 years later and then one day the EPA comes up and it's like, there's a bunch of radioactive shit like two miles <laughs> from here. You're going to have to fucking burn this place down. Fuck. Where was this? Do we know? Um... It was in New Jersey. Oh, well, yeah. That it was in Orange, that. New Jersey. Ugh. No, you said Orange, New York, I think. No, I said New Jersey. The next story that I have is in New York. Was that too quick? Should no. I save this one for later? No, that was good. Go. Okay. Um, I mean, you only have one more story, right? Yeah. Yeah, go. Yeah. Okay, Owen. Greenwich Village, Manhattan, New York City, 1911. You familiar with this time and place? I was there, yeah. You were. You might be a vampire. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Um... <laughs> The Triangle Shirtwaist Factory stands 10 stories tall. It's actually not. We'll get there. Um, the factory occupied the 8th, 9th, and 10th floor of the 10-story Ash Building on the northeast corner of Green Street in Washington Place, just east of Washington Square Park. So it's actually, it's just in this other building, and it takes up the top three floors. Okay. Right. So under the ownership of Max Blank and Isaac Harris. Max Blank, like you don't know his last name, or that's his last name? B-L-A-N-C-K. Max Blank. I wonder if he has kids. Because he's shooting blank. <laughs> I knew it was going there. I just continued. Um, <laughs> under the ownership of Max Blank and Isaac Harris, the factory produced women's blouses known as shirtwaists. Shirtwaists? Yeah. Okay. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Uh, the factory <laughs> normally employed about 500 workers, mostly young Italian and Jewish immigrant women and girls, who worked nine hours a day, on week at, uh, weekdays and plus seven hours a day on Saturdays. Sounds like a vacation, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is what's wrong with America. They don't work it. <laughs> um, their earnings from this 52-hour work week uh, would be between 7 and $12 a week, the equivalent of 191 to $327 a week in 2018 currency. <laughs> or It's th- four years away. It's basically like 6 bucks 30 an hour. All right. Yeah. So, uh, but boy, oh boy, Owen, is a story about some women's blouses boring. So let's kick up the heat. Oh, God. (laughs) What do you got? (laughs) At approximately 4.40 p.m. on a Saturday, uh, March 25th, 1911, as the workers uh, were, as the workday was ending, a fire flared up in a scrap bin under one of the cutting tables on the northeast corner of the eighth floor. Um, the fire, the first fire alarm was sent out at 8.45 p.m. by a passerby on Washington Place who saw smoke coming from the eighth floor. Okay. So, fire goes up and some guy outside is like, damn, bitch, she going up. 
and then calls a fireman. I don't well, know. you pull the box, but yeah. They have boxes back then? Yeah, that's how oh, they like, called the fire department. Like Top Cat. He would always like, use the fire phone to call his friends, and then the fire department would be like, Top Cat! You, you know, like those things like in your, the high schools and stuff, those are still boxes. Oh, when they say, strike in the box. Yeah, that's what that means. Or when yeah. they go like, striking box 3118 or Dude, whatever. It's the most annoying fucking thing. We're gonna, I'm going on my own tangent, okay? Because every time a fire alarm goes off, if like the boxes are like eight different digits and it goes twice... And it's like, we have like old fashioned bells throughout the whole fucking firehouse. So it'll be like two in the morning and it'll just be this loud bell going like fucking 15 times in a row. And then it'll stop and it'll just go all over again. So annoying. My favorite thing about fire departments is I had to sit in on a 9-11 ceremony at a firehouse. And they do this thing called, I forget what it's called, but they like, because the bells, like it signals the firefighters get out of bed or whatever. So it's deeply symbolic or whatever. And so... To commemorate the lost heroes of 9-11, they do this ceremony called, like, tolling the the last mm-hmm. bell or something. And you literally just have to sit there for, like, five minutes as they as slowly a, ring a bell, like, 40 times. Yeah, and it's a loud-ass bell, It's literally right? just, dung, yeah. dung, for, like, 40 minutes. Yeah. And you're just like, Jesus Christ, can they fucking speed this shit up? Anyways, I repeated all, all the heroes of 9-11. Let's continue. Both owners of the factory were in attendance and had invited their children to the factory that afternoon. So apparently Max Blink doesn't shoot blanks. Um, the fire marshal concluded that uh, the likely cause of the fire was a disposal of an unextinguished match or cigarette butt in a scrap bin, which held two months' worth of accumulated cuttings by the time of the fire. Okay. So beneath the table in the wooden bin were hundreds of pounds of scraps left over from the several thousand shirtwaists that had been cut at that table. Okay. So like a thousand pounds of just like dry fabric. Yep. And so it was like, Joe Camel is cool. And then <laughs> <laughs> it flicked it right on, on the pile. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the scraps piled up from the last time the bin was emptied, coupled with the hanging fabrics that surrounded it. The steel trim around the like bin was the only thing that was not highly flammable. Okay. So, although smoking was banned in the factory, cutters were known to sneak in cigarettes, exhaling the smoke through their lapels to avoid detection. Sneaky. Yeah, dude. Um, A bookkeeper... So, yeah, they fucking throw this shit in there and the fire starts. Um, A bookkeeper on the 8th floor was able to warn employees on the 10th floor via telephone... Excuse me, but there was... <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what they want to hear in their ears. But there was no audible alarm or any way to contact the people on the ninth floor. Okay. Um, according to Survivor Yetta Lubitz... Aren't there stairs? There are, but the fire spread so quickly that it quickly cut off a lot of the stairwells. Okay. Um, according to Survivor Yetta Lubitz, the first warning of fire on the ninth floor arrived at the same time as the fire itself. So by the time that the ninth floor hears about fire, it's there's because fire. there's fire in yep. the room with them. Yep. Not great. <laughs> um, although the, fly, uh, the floor had a number of exits, including two freight elevators, a fire escape, and stairways down to Green Street and Washington Place, flames prevented coworkers from descending, uh, dis- descending the Green Street stairway, and the door to Washington Place was locked to prevent theft by workers. <laughs> so... Uh, various historians it's good ownership right there <laughs> various historians have also ascribed the exit doors being locked to, uh, due to the management's 
wanting to keep out union organizers due to the management's anti-union bias. I get it. No which, one wants if you're union. locking your coworkers in there or your workers in there, you're probably not. You're probably no. You're not working them, them in there. No, no, no. You're working. You're locking the union out. But internally, <laughs> locking the workers no, no, in no. There. You're locking the union out. <laughs> That's um, clearly how they looked at it. Yeah, so uh, these doors are locked and like nobody can get there and all the fire, nobody can get out of. Yeah. So one of the st- stairwells is not engulfed in fire. The other one is, but yep. the one that's not engulfed in fire is locked. So, yeah. Um, the foreman who held the stairway door key uh, had already escaped by another route. Oh, dude, I would dip the fuck out of there. So I don't give a shit. Basically, the one guy that can save all these people, he sees fire and he's like, see you, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Do you blame him? No, yeah, I, I, I might get... throw it on the floor and be like, fend for yourselves. Yuck it in the window. <laughs> <laughs> um, so dozens of employees escaped uh, the fire by joining up on the Green Street stairway uh, to the roof, right? Or by going up the stairs rather than and down the stairs. And coming back down, yeah. Yeah. Um, other survivors were able to jam themselves into the elevators while they continued to operate. No, no, no. You never use an elevator in a fire. This is, bef- believe it or not, before many fire codes. <laughs> Um, uh, within three minutes, the Green Street stairway became uh, unusable in both directions, up and down. Okay. Um, terrified employees crowded into the single uh, exterior fire escape, which city officials had allowed Ash to build to, er, which had allowed Ash to erect instead of the required third staircase. Okay. So normally they need three staircases, but they're like, "Hey, just put it in a fire escape; you'll be all set." You got an exit. However. The fire escape was described as a flimsy and poorly anchored iron structure that may have broken before the fire. Oh, Jesus Christ. What, like one guy get on it and just... As workers rushed down the fire escape, it soon twisted and collapsed from the the heat and overload, spilling about 20 victims (gasps) 100 feet to their deaths. Um, onto the concrete pavement uh, below. Bro, is it concrete or is it pavement? Get your shit together, you Wikipedia. Ma- imagine being like one of the fucking people watching that thing on fire. Oh my god, the, dude! No, there are crowds of people standing outside. We'll and it's get like there that scene bit. from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Oh the Jesus meatballs are just Christ, raining from the part of, <laughs> You and the Cloudy and the Chance of Meatball and the B movie. Pick better movies, dude. He's a horny bee who literally cucks a man out of his woman. How can you not like that movie? It's a funny concept, but I feel like the execution was done poorly. You've never seen it. I want to see a live action version. You've told me you've never seen it. I've never seen it. <laughs> You're a Jerry Seinfeld fan, but you've never seen the Pee movie? That's definitely Jerry Seinfeld's least relevant work. His greatest work. His greatest work. He has one of the highest rated TV shows of all time. One of the longest running. Nine seasons is incredibly long for any TV show. Do you think during that he was like... you're like, let me watch the Bee movie. Do you think he came up with that screenplay and was like, it's too soon. I can't... So, where was the fire department, do you ask, Owen? I didn't. Um, I'm sure you did. Uh, the fire department arrived quickly, but was unable to stop the flames as their ladders were only long enough to reach the uh, the seventh floor. What year was this? 1911. Oh, fuck. So they're showing up in horse-drawn carriages and yeah. shit? Yeah. And they were like, damn, bitch, the ladders ain't long enough. <laughs> fuck that, dude. So, 60, uh, so the workers who remained in the factory. Sorry. Real gassy. Oh, the workers who remained in the factory had two choices. To stay in the burning building until flames and smoke engulfed their body and they died in horrible agony. Sounds like my biggest fear, yeah. Or jump from anywhere between 8 and 10 floors to their deaths. 
and know. 62 people decided to jump. I would jump. It's a quicker death. Yeah, it's true. I'm not going to sit in a room and slowly asphyxiate. Yeah, but you might find just a wet rag to douse yourself in. You I might know. land on a bush like the guys and the other guys. <laughs> they lived. <laughs> Aim for the bushes. <laughs> Do you think they did that? Like you and your friend were standing on their fires behind you, and you look at him and go, aim for the bushes. And then <laughs> this is on a main thoroughfare in New York City. I doubt there are that's, any that's bushes. The, that's the joke. It's also in the other guys. There's no bushes. Yeah, I get it. Would you cannonball it? Would you at least have fun with the jump, knowing it's your last jump? <laughs> Jackknife! <laughs> Pencil dive! <laughs> I feel like you gotta at least have fun with it. Or maybe one of them was like training to be like an Olympic diver and oh, he does some, some cool like, twists and shit like t- the guy on the streets he's like two people just sort of flop out and then one do like a triple backflip with a tuck and roll and See, he fucking lands the he like <laughs> he lands the guy just like 10 out of 10 no splash no I was gonna, I was gonna say you gotta chirp and be like too much splash <laughs> <laughs> so also interestingly enough uh, the fallen bodies of the victims uh, made it very difficult for the fire department to even get to the building you know, I kind of forgot we were talking about a lot of people dying. Yeah. <laughs> gotta keep it light. <laughs> so, Like a croissant. <laughs> all in all, 146 people died Jesus in the fire, making it one of the deadly... Actually, making it still to this day the deadliest industrial accident in New York City and the entire U.S. Yikes. I like how it's specified by industrial, though. Yeah, I mean, it's not counting 9-11 in that or anything. Yeah, I was literally just about to ask what was the worst, but I didn't want to prove that. Also, just a quick conspiracy. Oh, I love conspiracies. So the two owners um, were briefly investigated for um, arson claims because nice. at the Prior time... Prior to or... No, no, no after, after this, because okay. at the time it was like pretty commonplace to once the garment that you were making mm-hmm. like went out of fashion or if you had too much like surplus inventory that you couldn't sell you just like burn that shit down and then get an insurance claim out of it but they didn't find they eventually ruled that it wasn't arson but who knows you never know but anyways here's my other take is that you know like these women in the triangle shirtwaist factory were smoking in there when they shouldn't have been smoking and then the women at the watch factory you know they no one's telling them to put radiated paint on their teeth you said that it's just the women's fault you said that they were specifically told to wet it with their mouth that's no one told them to paint their faces though and their nails. <laughs> That's a good point. See, it's all women's fault. It all comes back to women. Every time. I probably shouldn't say that. I almost made a worse joke. But... It's a joke, folks. They're Anyways, right. we hope you enjoyed. <laughs> that was <laughs> this episode of Radiation and Deadly Fires. Yeah. Asshole places to work. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, or just asshole people to work for, I guess, too. Yeah. Or trust. I don't know. Just don't drink radiated water. Oh, let me just quickly say that uh, this act, this Triangle Shirtwaist Factory, it's like super important in U.S. history. It led to like the rise of like OSHA and workplace safety, and like turns and out, like you know how like there's ice. always like an emergency exit that opens out, the door opens out, yeah. like that's because of this. You can't have the exit doors locked unless you work at a nursing home for some reason. Then it's fine. Oh well, yeah, veggies are allowed to be steamed. You know, I went to a nursing home once. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a nursing home once for some something and like a firefighter showed up and he was trying to get in the back door and the nurse came over and, and she was like, oh, sorry, he's locked. And he's just like, that's a fire hazard. I'm calling the marshal. Yeah, I think it is an exception, for, especially like locked units and stuff. 
Well, it's still you have to be able to like push it. Yeah, if you push it for fifteen or something. Yeah. yeah, you do that all the time when you get mad at on the overnights. Yeah, I do. Like all the time. Oh yeah. I do. You give them at least thirty seconds to get downstairs, and then you and then just I'm get just hitting heated. the, the <laughs> yeah 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 I do. Anyways, we hope <laughs> that you enjoyed this episode of the What Happened podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, What Happened underscore Pod, Twitter, and official whpc it's got like five followers i every week i'm almost banned so our, our instagram's a lot more fire yeah than we're setting up a youtube Twitter. and facebook channel we're working on that yeah. hence the whole video aspect of this uh turns out it takes a lot to do all this stuff but we're and working on it so. dm on us on instagram if you have a fun history fact yeah no one did it for this week either yeah just some guy talking about some dogs last week Frederick was pretty sick what was it great, great hound, great greyhounds, great Danes? What was it? Oh, I didn't pay attention. It was such a boring fact. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hey, he hey, might listen. It's on you to give me a better fact than that guy. I mean, maybe that guy thought that was like the greatest fucking fact. Well, I mean, he runs a Frederick the Great centric podcast. Obviously, he thinks that some boring ass fact about Frederick the Great. Who even knows who that guy is? I was, I was just gonna say, <laughs> is he German? <laughs> like, what is he? He sounds German to me, but they're all related, right? I don't know, man. Aren't they all cousins. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> that was this week's. Uh, Check back next time. Yeah, we can't tell you when because... Ow. Wait, where we go? Ow. Well, no. Yeah.